0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com. Promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And make sure to tune in to Draft Day. There's still less than 12 hours left where Ryan Kramer is attempting to draft for 24 straight hours. Last but not least don't forget to download the sgpn app in the app store or google play store welcome to the nba gambling podcast hosted by the sports gambling podcast network it's your boy dan titus here ready to talk about game four And I'm with the homie, you know him well, Munaf, the sports nerd, Manji. What's good, bro? How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, man. Feels like it's been a while since I spoke with you, uh, but it's not about me tonight, is it? No, it's not. We have a special guest in the building, super
0: hyped to share who we have on the show. But first, let me break down a little bit more about our guest. So she's from Yahoo Sports, and she's the lead betting reporter and analyst, born and raised in Las Vegas, a world where sports betting is the way of life. She entered the space in 2018. And when she joined the media company with wager talk as a betting host, since then she's generated a very large audience on social media by creating both original and relatable betting content. So with that, I want to introduce minty bets, the lover of sports flowers and all types of dogs. You can make sure to follow her at minty bets on Twitter minty welcome to the show
2: hey guys thank you so much for having me on how are you guys doing
0: doing awesome it is tuesday night where we're recording this you know the nba it's had a little bit of hiatus we're going to talk about several different things here um starting off by handicapping game four we're going to take it to the prop shop give you some of our best bets and some other some notable trade rumors that have been floating around the nba and also team usa finally got a win today so that's good um (laughs) But since then, you know, it's really been about baseball, but, you know, Minty, first off, I just want to give you your props on, or I should say your flowers since you like flowers, but um, on blazing a trail for women in sports betting industry, you know, I've been watching from a distance and you continue to pump up new entrants into the space while also providing some great handicapping and advice along the way, so. Thank you for, for everything you're doing there.
2: Of course. Thank you. It's it's an honor that you think of me like that. And um, I hope that I can, uh, I can be someone that women kind of, I guess, like look to, to like have some confidence in entering the sports media and sports betting industry.
0: Yeah. And I know you grew up in Vegas, so I imagine it's probably pretty hard to avoid a career in sports betting, but uh, was there a moment for you when it clicked like, you know what, I'm pretty good at this, and you want to make it a career?
2: Yeah, well, I wasn't always into sports betting. I I never dreamed I would be in this industry at all. When I was like 22 or so, I was working like meaningless jobs and going to school for nothing and unhappy going to work every day, and I wanted to start my own business that was totally not in the sports world, Um, but I gave sports betting a shot uh it it was like it was baseball season and there were opportunities to make money and bet every day so I I never used to pay attention to baseball and when I wanted to start betting on it and profiting off it I started doing a ton of research and I think I got lucky honestly because I did so well I was able to save up enough money to quit my job for a little and strictly live off of betting on baseball and again this was like my first year um of course it's not a consistent way to make a living so I was using the money I made from betting to to fund the business I wanted to create once I created the business I stopped betting for a few years came back into it only three years ago and it was perfect timing I started a Twitter two years ago just to share my picks and follow other bettors and then everything just kind of rolled from there got picked up by the media company way talk and now with Yahoo Sports
0: man that's exciting and Crazy journey. And I I just want to get your take. So it sounds like you had some kind of an evolution or journey in your sports betting career. So being that you're now a few years in, can you share some of the insight that you've learned about your analysis process? You know, your trusted sources? Have you been making projections? Is some of this gut feeling? And does it vary by sport? What's kind of your process?
2: Yeah, so no to the gut feeling I feel like that doesn't work well with the sports betting. (laughs) Um, It kind of does vary by sport and to be totally transparent with the NBA I think it's the most difficult sport to bet on. Uh, I get crushed by it by like bad beats all the time in the NBA specifically. but I think I've become a better, better. And and that's always the goal, right? Is never stop learning and never think you know everything. So one thing I always do when I'm looking into game is, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's so basic. I mean, go onto the league's official website, look at stats. Um, and the league's official site because they have the most updated and accurate numbers for teams and player performances. Um, I also love trends, how teams do on the road versus at home, coming off a loss. I mean, you shouldn't base your pick off of just trends, but it's definitely a great supporting piece to have when you give a pick. Um, And another big thing that people don't really pay attention to, especially new betters, is um, paying attention to big line movements. Uh, In basketball, it's not uncommon to see the line move, you know, half a point or one point, but Uh, when you see it move a point and a half or more, and it's not due to an injury report, then you know that it's sharp money and you should kind of be, uh, you know, tailing, it isn't always the best way to go. And it's not always correct, but it ends up being more profitable than not most of the time. So those would be my top three things. My top three go-to's when diving into a matchup.
0: Yeah. Munaf and I have had quite a few player props I mean, Vegas is just so tight, especially in the playoffs, these numbers, um, and the line movements for specifically for player props are are definitely don't move that much, but you're right. Seeing that sharp money coming in, especially when we have like a day to kind of prep and and see how the line opens up between now and close. There have been some swings here that have been, um, you got to get it the right value. And being on the West coast, I find that I'm sometimes at a disadvantage when those lines actually drop, or when I'm waking up, I'm already missed some of the, the edge or the opportunity in some of these bets. But, uh, I know that you kind of uh, started out primarily doing NFL. So I just wanted to ask, you know, now that you have the Raiders in, in Vegas now, you know, um, they didn't have fans in the stadium last year. Are you pumped for the first opportunity to be able to go into Allegiant Stadium? And or, I assume now you're a Raiders fan by choice, right? Or by necessity?
2: Yeah, a Raiders. <laughs> a fan by I guess uh, by living here I mean I was born and raised here uh, in Las Vegas Nevada we've never had a sports team so having this major team and and them building the stadium from the ground up and seeing it built you know every day is awesome Uh, I'm super pumped to go to the Raiders games unfortunately last year like our visiting teams were awesome I mean the Saints the Bucks I I would have loved to see Drew Brees in his last season Mm. Um, and now I mean we have like the Bengals and the Dolphins which aren't bad, but it's, it's, you know, it's not as good. Um, it, it's a beautiful stadium. And I, I actually went last week or last week. Yeah. This past weekend for a Garth Brooks concert to Allegiant stadium nice. and oh. oh my gosh, parking and a ride and just like the escalator situation was just a mess. So hopefully they tighten things up by football season. Cause I cannot imagine a bunch of drunk football fans, just like trying to get an Uber or a cab. It's just really unorganized, but the stadium itself, beautiful. The sound system, like the, the screen visually it's, it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. You, you neglected to mention one team that's going to be going there. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles cannot wait. Oh. Shout to Sean stacking the money green. We're going to be making an SGPN crew uh, visitors road trip out there this year. So can't wait.
2: Yes, I'm sorry. One thing, if you guys want to go, you should definitely take a tour of Allegiant Stadium. Now, I haven't toured a lot of football stadiums, but Allegiant does something very um, cool where if you go into the locker well, not if, but towards the end of the tour, you go into the locker room and they just shut off all the lights. And then they show like a video of like the players on game day in the locker room. And then they shut off all the the lights again. And then there's a life-size hologram of John Gruden that pops up behind you oh God. <laughs> and he's giving his game day speech. And then like the speakers just go louder and louder with like roars of like the players, like, you know, chanting and cheering on. And, and like, there's like a light show in there and it feels like a night nightclub. And uh, it's pretty crazy, but like it gave me goosebumps because I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had a football team before. Now I feel like I'm on the team. So <laughs> you have to take the tour and see the life-size hologram of John Gruden.
0: Definitely got to check that out. Definitely got to check that out. So was it kind of intimidating? Like was John Gruden's speech like actually pretty inspiring or were you like, Holy shit. Like, I don't, h- how do I process this?
2: <laughs> it was pretty inspiring. I, I couldn't like repeat what he said cause I was so like in the moment, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, but um, it was pretty, I like, again, I got goosebumps and I was like, let's go and play. But um, yeah, I, I would get destroyed if I went to go play football. <laughs>
1: The crazy part is I was out there in April in Vegas after the pandemic where things were kind of slowly opening back up. And mm-hmm. I was out there with my buddies and we actually wanted a tour, uh, tour the stadium. But we were there, I think, like two weeks before they were opening it up. And I was like, man, that was like one thing I really wanted to do. But I guess kind of transitioning I, I, before Mint even got on, I think we have one thing in common already is that we're both Golden Knights fans. And oh, I actually oh
2: I see your shirt yeah, I, see, yes. I even have my shirt.
1: It, it's crazy. <laughs> I do live down here in Houston. I have more golden knights gear than like any Texans or Rockets gear, which is really crazy.
2: Well, oh, wait, why are you a Golden Knights fan?
1: So we don't have a hockey team down here in Houston. We had the Houston arrows years ago, like years and years ago. But um, since we so me and my buddies are always out in Vegas Super Bowl weekend. We went like seven, eight years in a row back when I think the first game was when the Broncos took on Seattle in that blowout game. So ever since then, every single year we had gone out there for the Super Bowl weekend. And then also some, for some conventions throughout the year. So we we're frequently out there three to three to four times a year. So like when that first year, when they said that there was going to be a team in the NHL in Vegas, we're like, okay, well, it's like a natural fit for us. Cause we don't have a team down here. We're going to go in and support the golden Knights. So that's how it kind of came about, but it's uh, I guess I'll go and get your thoughts on how do you think the trade, the season transpired, obviously a disappointing ending in the semifinal against the Canadians, but um, I'm sure you were probably out there for a couple of playoff games.
2: Yeah, I was out there for one. Um, Man, the atmosphere, it's so great to be like elbow to elbow with like fans again, but um, the energy is amazing. And I'm still getting over the depression of not like seeing them win the cup like I thought they would. Um, But I think their season went well. I was super concerned the entire season anyway, because of the format of the season, how they only played like the Western Division, the East only played the East. And I was like, man, once we hit Canada or hit one of the East Coast, teams like we're done and lo and behold the Montreal Canadiens beat <laughs> us out of all of them I thought it would be like the Maple Leafs or something or, or the Oilers but yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty difficult but whatever I mean there's always next season I guess this is what it feels like to have a professional sports team like now right <laughs> yeah I actually got to
1: attend my first uh, Golden Knights game it was April 19th when the San Jose Sharks were in town and it was practic Marlowe. He was breaking the record uh, for the most games played. So that was, I know we didn't have like all the fans in the stadium at the time. It was still limited capacity, but it's really not a game. And I was telling Dan this also when I attended the game, I sent him pictures to him and Zach, our other co-hosts, and it's a party. It's really not, it's like, it's, it's, it's a sporting event, but it's also a party, which was really fun to see.
2: Yeah. Again, like I obviously haven't been to other hockey sports, stadiums and, and yeah. seen other hockey games away. But um, I hear Vegas is a little bit different than most. Uh, we're like super loud again, very like nightclub vibes, very Vegas.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about why we're here. I,
2: uh, <laughs> sure, uh, we've,
1: been, we've been enjoying the NBA playoffs and, and, uh, and, and now we're in the NBA finals. So how, I guess, how's, how have you been enjoying it? How has your betting been going for the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals? <sighs>
2: It's been going okay. Again, like the NBA is one of the harder sports for me to bet on. It's a constant battle of trying to find an edge and then realizing when you have it, like the team doesn't show up uh so it's been yeah. really good though I I love the finals um I love round ones because those are when the upsets happen they they you know everyone shows up it's really competitive so round one is is the most fun to watch for me
0: just curious being that you're still in Vegas the national team has been playing their games their exhibition games in Vegas and have you had a chance to get over to are they playing in Mandalay Bay is, is that where they're or I think I think yeah. it might be one of those Yes,
2: it is the Mandalay Bay. And I read it was like the Mick Ultra Arena. And I'm like, where is that? But yeah, it's (laughs) inside the Mandalay Bay Event Center. Um, but yeah, I I guess they are playing. And like you said, we won against Argentina today. But two losses, Nigeria and Australia, like that's that's like uncalled for. Because I think that team USA has only had four losses, right? Since 92 or so. And Mm -hmm. the two losses came back to back this year. So that's pretty like appalling.
0: It's crazy because they beat Nigeria in 2012 by 73 points and then in 2016 by 44 points. Ooh. And to me, it's just a signal that the world at large is just getting better, right? And, you know, the, the Nigeria team is coached by Mike Brown. They have at least four or five NBA players on their team. I don't think anyone's scared of of the Team USA anymore. Like, they play against these guys in the regular season, right? So it's like, you know, we saw Joe Ingles. He said pretty confidently, like we had no we had no doubt that we were going to beat Team USA. And I think there's this, wow. there's a bit of an adaptation that has to happen in the um, the USA roster that you know they're playing NBA style basketball. It's not it's going to be way more physical with the FIBA rules, and you're seeing you know Bradley Beale go to the hoop, looking at the ref like yo, where was the foul? So yeah, that's just the biggest difference that I've seen is that they're going to have to step up this physicality, and then I think that they'll be fine. You know, the one thing I do have a question about though. You know, if this series eventually goes to game seven, I don't think we're going to see Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton in Tokyo. I mean, that's a really quick turnaround uh, by the time that the, the Olympics start. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that.
2: Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to mention, I was literally just going to say- say that Team USA is playing like US style basketball, NBA style basketball, they do need to adapt to more international uh, playing style. So if they can do that, they'll be fine. I mean, they are the betting favorite, right? Um, Right. Second, I don't know if it will go to a game seven, but I I totally think you're right. If it does go to game seven, we won't see Booker and Middleton and and them to uh, going to to Tokyo, um, which is kind of sad, but man, they must be tired. So I think they'll be okay with that.
1: (laughs) Deserving of a break, <laughs> yeah. I think we just need to call Hoodie Mellow, Dan, and Minty that to, to get out there for Team USA. I think all the problems will be solved. But I, right. I think for Team USA, <laughs> they're missing a lot of like superstar guys. I know LeBron and Anthony Davis are were still battling injuries up until that end of the end of their uh, first round exit, but they they're not out there. James Harden's not out there. We saw him with a little baby out in Paris, uh, you know, parting it up or whatever. But they're, they're missing a lot of the key uh, big, uh, you know, big superstars of our league, Kawhi Leonard, another guy. But I had mentioned this on my Twitter. I was like, Kobe's probably rolling over in his grave right now uh, looking at this NBA team. But uh, I think they'll be fine. I agree with Minty. I think they just need to kind of get that chemistry within themselves. And it seems like uh, Greg Popovich is kind of just figuring out the lineups on who he wants on the floor because we saw a completely different lineup out there tonight.
0: Um, so we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, and then we'll get back to get to Minty's best bets. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. But get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. All right, and we're back. So. Being that we're talking about uh, some superstars potentially not going to Tokyo, let's talk about some of those players. So, Minty, you you hinted at you don't think that this this series is going to go seven games. So we're sitting here at Game Four. The Suns are still up two to one. Obviously, the Bucks had a great victory on their home court. They've been four point favorites for the last two games. The Bucks are eight and one at home in the playoffs, while the Suns six and three on the road, but five and one against the spread in their last six games against Milwaukee. Minty, how do you, how are you handicapping game four? And do you think that Giannis can be stopped? Is Drew holiday going to have another resurgence? You know, we saw him be more effective in scoring and is Chris Milton going to reappear again? What are, your, what are your thoughts on the game?
2: Well, I feel like Giannis is carrying this Bucks team and he does look unstoppable for sure. Um, like you said, this team at home has, they've only lost one playoff game and they're phenomenal at home. Um, Giannis has had back-to-back games with 40 plus points, which is great. I think Drew Holiday um, and Chris Middleton are, are doing enough in key moments to lighten the load for Giannis a bit, but it does seem like Drew Holiday is a bit inconsistent. So I don't know if it is sustainable, his performance. I mean, it needs to be uh, if they want to get farther uh, than, you know, uh, these games. But I I actually, I mean, it's a time for my best bets. I actually really like the Suns to cover here. Um, but right. I think the Bucs will win at home. I just think the Suns can keep it pretty close. I mean, Phoenix in their, in their last 18 games after a straight-up loss, they're 14 and four against the spread. Um, I mean, they looked awful on Sunday, but you know, like we have off days um, and, you know, they had an off night, so uh, they haven't lost back-to-back games, but I, I'm like, since I think going up against the Lakers this postseason, um, But like I said, I, I like them to keep it close, but not win this one.
1: The finals matchups were said, we had said that look out for Scott Foster to be refing one of these games and we said that if he's going to be on one of these games just make sure you're betting the bucks because of the history that he has with Chris Paul so do you think there's some I guess validity to the Scott Foster Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns uh trend I guess you can say
2: I don't know it's hard to say I I don't like to like go into these rumors of like, Hey, are the refs really like hating on a certain player and really like fixing the game here? I'm not sure. I hope not. And and I, I mean, I'm on the suns here. Um, so hopefully not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Scott Foster already did his job. He's like, I just need you Adam Silver made the call and was like, I need you guys to make this more interesting. What yeah. is, uh, Munaf, what is the
1: what is Scott Foster's record with Chris Paul right now? So, so the interesting part was, I think it was 11 straight, and this is going back to when Chris Paul was with the Houston Rockets. And ever since then, I think now with Phoenix, it had been 11 straight. But the crazy part is that I believe in the Western Conference Finals, when Chris Paul, I think, missed the first two games, uh, Scott Foster was on game two, but no Chris Paul. And Phoenix still ended up winning that game, but now they brought him back for game three last yeah. game and the Bucks blew him out. So um,
2: uh,
1: cue the X-File music. I, I think right. there's something to that.
2: A <laughs> a conspiracy
1: continues.
2: Yes, that is like a, a true crime podcast, but basketball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you might have another option here, man. We got to get the, the conspiracy theory podcast going for SGPN, right? And we'll start off with Scott Foster and his hate for Chris Paul. There we <laughs> <There you laughs> go. So this game total is sitting at 220 and a half. Minty, you want to get your thoughts. Do you typically like the over here? I mean, this, the both teams, I think we, this game has gone over or the series has gone over in, in three of the last four. So just curious of what your thoughts are on the, the game total.
2: Yeah, I actually do like the over here. I am expecting a little more from the Suns this time around, since I am taking the Suns. Uh, Devin Booker is the best offensive player on the team, uh, so his shooting has to improve. Um, I don't expect either teams to stop scoring just because, you know, we're later on in the series, but um, I do expect them to tighten up deep defense uh like I said Devin Booker the Suns they had an off night Sunday and we all have those this matchup is 601 to the over their last seven against each other so yeah I do like the over here and I think it's at, at a good number at 220
1: and a half I think it's been at a consistent. yeah I think it's been hovering around that 220-221 mark and uh depending on the number that you got in game three I know there's a couple of guys that had that 219 and a half and they ended up on 220 um mm-hmm. but yeah I think 100% agree that Devin Booker didn't play at all in game four. So he should have a big night for Phoenix. And, you know, I think we, we haven't seen a game the series yet where it's been a close game. Uh, I think the spread will come into uh, will come into fruition this game. But I, I agree with you that Suns will probably cover, but I think Bucks get the the straight up win on the money line.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I like it. Now I have a question for you guys. Who's winning the series?
1: Give me Suns in six.
2: Me too.
1: I mean, yeah. When I, when I put out the article, I said Suns in six and Chris Paul for MVP. So I think we're on the right track there, but um,
2: no.
1: it'll be interesting to see. I, I think that if Bucks don't win tomorrow night, I think it'll be a rapid game five, but um, I think a, a lot of it rides on obviously tomorrow night and see how this game goes. For Absolutely. sure. Yeah. I just want to
0: go back real quick. Minty, you mentioned uh, Devin Booker. And I mean, this is going to be a tease to my player prop pick in the prop shop later on, but just wanted to give a little context to how good Devin Booker's been when he bounces back from a bad game. So, um, he dropped 18 points uh, against Denver. He responded with 28. He dropped 15. Responded with 25. Points prop is sitting at 27 and a half. I'm gonna take the over there because I think he's gonna have an explosion. This kid, this kid has got it, and I think he's he's sniffing the the opportunity to become up in that upper echelon of young talented shooting guards and. This is going to be his moment to shine along with Chris Paul. And I think, off your your series bet for Chris Paul for MVP is still looking pretty strong here.
1: I grabbed him at plus 175 uh, when the series has started. The interesting part was that after game two, he was still hovering around minus 140. So if you did like Suns to still win the series, but they were all the way up to minus 350, you could have just taken Chris Paul to win MVP at minus 140 if you really liked the Phoenix Suns, because I think he pretty much has locked up. And I think the books have already adjusted to that. I'm seeing him close to uh, North of minus two fifty for MVP right now. Oh, I agree.
2: I like it. Now I think that, um, have you guys heard of the Kardashian curse? Yes. (laughs) I know it way
0: too entirely too well. Um, I'm a Sixers fan. Got to wrap it. Even when we, you know, we got the trade rumors looming with Ben Simmons, good riddance. Um, but yeah, I have a disdain for that man, mainly because of the Kardashian. So, proceed
2: <laughs> okay well i was just asking because i mean if the sun's doing this then the kardashian curse is broken right i mean because kendall jenner is dating Devin booker right yep. and then who who dated ben simmons i don't remember was it kendall also it was
0: it was It was kendall she's making her okay. rounds
2: and then you know Chloe, <laughs> yeah of course, we know <laughs> Chloe with James Harden and Lamar Odom, and was she with anyone else? And,
0: and she, yeah, Tristan. She's married. <laughs> to school. she oh, was, uh, was married to Tristan, but you know.
2: And then, of course, uh, Kim with Chris Humphreys, who I don't even know where he is anymore. Um, that's, a, that's
0: a good. That's another good true crime investigation. What happened to Chris Humphreys after that Kardashian mm-hmm. curse? Because he really just fell off a cliff. Um,
2: yeah he's living off the grid probably he's so embarrassed like being on the show and being like looking like a fool so yeah
0: he doesn't want Um, to resurface
2: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's embarrassing so hopefully the Kardashian curse is broken I I hope so because I do like the Suns here and and I liked them uh for a while along with like the Utah Jazz but um yeah I I hope it's broken
0: And do you have any thoughts on the NBA draft or any players that you like coming out? Or is that something you're going to dig into a little bit closer to the actual draft?
2: Yeah, I'm going to dig into that later. I'm, uh, you know, MLB is on break, so I'm on break. And I'm like, it's been like lonely without having NBA and hockey on every night, like it's switching off and but it's also been very nice. So yeah, a little break, a little, uh, you know, mental rest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know Munaf feels you on that. And actually, just to that point, has this been a really grueling year for you just because of the condensed schedules between all three of those sports? And, you know, usually we're getting a nice little summer off of, of basketball, and now this is going right into the Olympics, and we're still going with MLB. I mean, it's been it's been great. I mean, granted, we're very fortunate to be still talking about sports all the time, but it's also like the mental toll of, all right, can I just take it? – is it, is it only going to be this two-day break? Let me just – and thank you for coming on the show during all-star uh, break. So uh, just want to get your thoughts on the condensed schedules all
2: converging at one time. Yeah, it's been exhausting, but again, very grateful because what last year around this time or a little bit earlier, we were like, what were we even watching? We got into like UFC. If you even got into that, we got into like horse racing. If you even got into that and like, international soccer and table tennis like that was awful I I love this this is a good overwhelming like busy feeling Um, and of course lucky enough I watch all the sports so um, I have a nice setup at home with multiple screens it gets a little overwhelming but it's nice to have in the background and like stay up late and be like okay like I guess I'll watch like I don't know the 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 replay of this basketball game or or, like the Giants going into extra innings and stuff like that so it's been good um, but the break is nice. (laughs)
1: Munaf, can you attest to that break? I cannot because I don't know how to give myself a break. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we've we, we still been cranking out the MLB gambling podcast, and I know we've been doing the NBA finals, and uh, I, I've been looking into, you know, Team USA, and, and I know, Dan, you and I have some plans for the NFL. So I, I guess I, uh, I guess it's a little too late because we have games. We have NBA tomorrow, and then MLB kicks back up this weekend. But it, it's funny You know, we're fortunate to sit here and talk about sports. And, and, you know, like Minty uh, alluded to last year, we were trying to find things to bet on to pass time, you know, Madden simulations and things like that. So, um,
2: <laughs> you know, it,
1: it, we're fortunate to have sports back in and, and uh, slowly, but surely, you know, we're getting past this pandemic.
2: Yes. Now have you guys since post pandemic been to any live sporting events?
1: Yeah. So the only one I've been to was the golden Knights game, but that was still with limited capacity. But yeah, that that's the only sporting event I've been to so far.
2: Dan, yeah.
1: You? I I'm praying that I'll
0: uh, be able to get out to the NBA summer league in just a, under a month. I've been clamoring for my wife, like, come on, like I know we got a five month old, but we got a little help. Like let's utilize yeah. it. Um, So we'll see how we'll see if I can get out there, but that's the plan. I, I hope to make, at least make it out there for a weekend. Uh, Cause I went to summer league a few years back and it was one of the best experiences. You know, they do it great with UNLVs, which I'm surprised that they didn't offer up, UNLVs gym for the the uh, USA team, but you know, maybe nah. they got other things going on.
2: That's well, okay. You know, these gym isn't that great, but um, yeah, <laughs> you are based in Oakland, you said, right. Going
0: to hope to uh, get to some Warriors games now that they have their new stadium next season. Yes.
2: Well, I was also going to say, hurry up and go to the A's games because we're, we are taking them. Them from you, Vegas. Yeah,
0: about that. It's just so unfortunate, you know. Oakland, they just don't have their priorities straight, and it's so unfortunate because, like, where they have the—I actually live like a mile away from the the complex, and all they had to do was invest in the infrastructure. And I know they're trying to build this like Connie Mack-like stadium by the water, which is all well and nice, but it's like just—you know—you already got it in the spot. Just give it a little facelift, and let's keep it here. But I, the money's too. It's, it's too deep in, in Vegas. And I think that they're ultimately going to go there. So I congratulations. You can become <laughs> another fan of another team.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I thanks. I did see pictures of, of the renderings near the water and everything looked gorgeous. Um, will yes, it happen? It Who knows. I, I hope not. Um, but yeah, I, I hope we do get another uh, major league sports team here. That would be awesome. And it's unfortunate that it's, it's Oakland again. So sorry for that, but at least you have the warriors.
0: Exactly. We still got the Warriors. <laughs> well, Minty, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. You were awesome. And you're always welcome to join the sports gambling podcast that we have. Um, since you're so versatile, I'm sure Munaf is going to be hitting you up to go on the MLB show once we're back off a of break. So uh, don't be a stranger. Thank you again for coming on. And uh, before you take off, let the DJs know where they can find you and anything cool that you're working on.
2: Yeah, absolutely, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Minty Bets. That's M-I-N-T-Y, not M-I-N-D-Y. Also follow the Yahoo Sportsbook Twitter at Yahoo Sportsbook. And we have a TikTok too, but you don't even need to follow the TikTok. Just follow Yahoo Sportsbook because we'll post all our TikToks there where we come up with relatable betting content. Um, and yeah, no projects I'm working on now, probably a little bit on the Olympics, but just follow us. And then we have a bunch of cool contests. Um, I know last year for NFL season, we gave away free trips to Vegas. All you just had to do was get like five games against the spread, right? So hopefully we do something like that again. Um, But yeah, just follow along. That's awesome.
0: Thanks again, Minty. Hope you were great and we'll catch you next time. So thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks guys.
0: So we're going to take a quick break and we'll get here from our sponsor. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets Find the best odds on NBA championship tickets when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $500 40 to 1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket $16,000 $16,000 after the Suns went up 2-0 in the finals. A 30x return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sports book in the country had Suns at minus 500. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. So use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Underdog. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right, sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Draft day is happening today. There's still 12 hours left for Ryan Real Money Kramer, who's gonna be drafting on Underdog best ball teams for 24 hours straight. You can hop on the stream and draft with Kramer and the guys, plus, 15 free entries to Best Ball Mania 2 will be given out. If that wasn't enough, there's $500 draft day props contest based off of Kramer that you can only enter in the app. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And last but not least, we are sponsored by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of the SGPN cruise picks and podcasts. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app. All right, and we're back. And guess what? We got a double header here. We got ZB in the building. This man just came in here. He wants to he wants to get in on the handicap in action for game 4. So let's talk about it, man. I know we Munaf and I we just kind of gave a little teaser of some of the uh The angles that we're going for for game four but zb i'll kick it off to you man what did you learn in game three that makes you confident i guess in the bucks or you know are you expecting the suns to make an adjustment here potentially locking down Giannis a little bit better and stealing game stealing game four
3: yeah so i I definitely i posted this in the slack channel the other day i think a, a uh, game four in a 2-1 series with the team trailing at home is one of my favorite situational spots in the NBA. I think it's just like a very fascinating spot because you have the team that was kind of fighting for their life in game three. Now they're kind of back on somewhat of solid ground, but you still obviously have that like first quarter, first half motivational angle for the Bucs. And for the Suns, they kind of got punched in the mouth. And now it's do they come back in game four and take back control of the series? To me, I think that game three was kind of a culmination of what we saw in game two, where I think the Bucs are kind of starting to figure this out a little bit. Obviously, Giannis has been great. And then at home, a lot of their other guys did play better. Um, and it obviously helps that Devin Booker didn't score the basketball well. The Suns really didn't play. And obviously, Faltrow played a role in that too. I know Munaf had the Scott Foster alarm bells going off. But I think that <laughs> the Bucs are kind of continuing to come into their own in this series. So I definitely do like them in game four. And to be honest, I mean, I'm sticking with my pick in this series of Bucks and six. So I think that the Bucks, uh are are, i i still kind of like where they're at and i think they're kind of got their feet under them now Giannis looks super healthy and i think they're going to continue to get better as this series goes along so definitely going with the bucks in game four i mean we could talk more about the spread and stuff like that but i I think in game three i learned that the bucks are are locked in and and they're going to be solid in this series they're not going to go down without a fight uh by any means
0: i love that call man and i it's interesting because we were just talking with minty about it and um I think we're all in agreement that the bucks are going to be winning this game outright. Bucks are laying four points, but you know, I like the way that the Suns have, have rallied off of a loss. I think that this is going to be, this game is going to be a little bit closer. The question mark I have though, is like, what's the bucks are figuring it out. But part of that was really predicated on drew holiday, stepping up and being the aggressor. We saw him be way more active offensively, um, as well as getting some support from the unlikely heroes of, you know, Bobby Portis and getting those good minutes out of out of Pat Connington, you know, the team is definitely moving the ball a little bit more, which is what we talked about. You know, what they needed to do. Are you confident that the Bucks are going to be able to keep De- Devin Booker at bay? I mean, it's certainly going to help your chances to win against the Suns if Devin Booker only scores ten points and Chris Paul only scores thirteen, and DeAndre Ayton gets into foul trouble as well as Scott Foster being the referee here. Like I know we're yeah. still in conspiracy theory mode, but like it feels like it felt like everything was going against the Suns in game three. So I gotta expect some kind of um some kind of normalization to the mean here and and expecting Booker to play better. Now enough to win, I don't know, but I think at least enough to keep it within four points. Manaf, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I think kinda of going back to game three, like despite what Scott Foster and, and what I think, right? I think that was a classic home run spot for the Bucks, right? Being down 0-2 in the NBA Finals, you don't need the motivation, but you're back home. You know you that you need to get this victory uh, for you to have a chance to come back in this series, right? And you got contributions from Drew Holiday, right? He shot the ball better. He was 5 of 10 from 3-point line, 8 of 14 from the floor. Uh, we didn't see the Chris Middleton of, round, of the conference Finals, but I think he'll have a better game uh, tomorrow night. Um, But for the buck, I mean, for Giannis going now to go game, game four, he's literally been getting whatever he wants inside of that paint and they don't have an answer for him. So you're, if you're the Suns, you need Devin Booker to have a better game. And, you know, I think Dan, you and I are in agreement that Devin Booker is going to have a better game because for him to only have 10 points and not play the entire fourth quarter in game three, he's going to come out and shoot the ball. Well, and like Think this is gonna be that one game where we see the spread is, is going to be a, a factor in this game. We're both in agreement that the Bucks are going to win this game, but I, I think that it may be closer than, than people think, and what we've been seeing so far from the first three games of the NBA finals.
3: I feel like this series, yes, I think each game has ended in double digits, but there's been points in the second half where you you felt like all these games were in the balance, and so, then we definitely saw that in game three, too, where the Suns cut they, they cut that lead to what four points right in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah then the Bucs did respond. I think going back to the initial question, I mean, I think the Suns can play better and they will play better. I think the Bucs can also play better too. You know, Chris Middleton didn't have his best night of the season last night. And, you know, they can, like you said, they're getting so much, so many paint touches, um, just points at the rim, getting to the rim at will, being aggressive. And they can also shoot the three and getting open looks off of that, off of that aggressiveness in the paint. But yeah, Phoenix will play better. I think there definitely is a big case for us to be a closer game. I think, you know, if you're the Bucks, you got to just keep pushing in transition, keep trying to get the ball inside, and, you know, get fouls on DeAndre Ayton because this Suns lineup is crumbling outside of him. You know, I, I feel like they really have shown a need to have, like, book CP3 and Ayton on the floor to play well. And when they start getting into these Frank Kaminsky's and Torrey Craigs and Jay Crowder playing center trying to handle Giannis or Brooke Lopez, I mean, that's when they get into trouble. So DeAndre Ayton staying out of foul trouble – and even Monty Williams making the decision to leave him in and and take that risk. I think that was kind of an interesting coaching decision in game three. So that's definitely something to monitor uh, as we go forward, because he's really what they need on the floor at all times.
0: Yeah. And, and DB, did you see anything out of out of coach bud that gave you optimism um, about the rotations, the adjustments that they made defensively to kind of stop Booker? Or do you think that this was just, you know, it was an off night for the Suns. The Bucks took advantage. Is there anything that you've seen from him that, that makes you really confident that they're still going to be able to pull, pull off this upset right now? Because they're still obviously um, not the favorite to win the series.
3: Yeah, I mean, I like that they stuck with some of this switching stuff. Uh, I feel like they're kind of mixing it up a lot. Brooke Lopez obviously not playing as much in this series is interesting. I think we talked about this before the series. Even if Giannis isn't healthy, he's still like a great center, right? I mean, At his absolute floor is being like a crazy good center. Um, He's been able to do that. He's been able to get out on the floor, switch, and they kind of stuck with it. And then you get to a game like this in Game Three, where the Suns aren't making those tough mid-range shots, and all of a sudden your defense looks amazing. You know, I don't think bug did anything crazy. I think we obviously know role players and kind of those energy type players will play better in a Game Three. You know, that's how you have Bobby Portis had. I guess a pretty big performance, but. You know, Jeff Teague, I still think, as the series goes along, I'd like to see much less of him. Obviously, I think that was impacted by the game getting a little bit out of hand in the fourth quarter. But um, I think it's really just Connaughton's the only really guy who I think should be playing competitive minutes going forward. Maybe Portis at home. But, you know, Valley Portis also had plenty of shitty moments in game one and two. So, you know, it was kind of a – a all, all things came together in game three, but definitely risk to play some of these guys. Right.
0: And we, we touched on the game total a little bit, 220 and a half ZB. Are you betting this? And if so, which way are you going as the over went over in three out of four games in this series? Do you like that two twenty number? Do you think that that's a, a bit understated?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think I kind of like the over, Um, not as much of a, of a strong lean on it, but I do think that the Suns will play, but we'll shoot it better offensively um, and can kind of raise that up. And to me, what the bucks are doing seems very sustainable. So I think you'll see points from uh both teams in this game and, it's definitely been looking that way so far in this series. Uh,
1: through the first three games, we've seen the the first half go under, and in the second half, we've seen a lot more points being scored and, and pushing that total over. So, uh, I think one of the betting angles that you may want to look at is if you do like the over, wait for a live line because through the first three games, I've been able to nab up a number that's been hovering around two ten, and and been able to catch that fairly very easily in the first three games here. So. Uh, We've seen an average of 104 points in the first half in these first three games. And the second half is averaging close to 119 points uh, in the second half. So um, I think there are some great live betting opportunities uh, through these first, uh, first three games, as far as the total goes. Uh, Yeah. Hot off the presses dropped about, uh, not too long ago,
0: but, uh, Kawhi Leonard just had surgery to repair a partially torn right ACL. Munaf, just want to get your first initial thoughts on that. I yep. haven't seen a timetable for recovery on that, but what do you think that that does for, I mean, he's going to be the most popular free agent, right? Like sure, you got to feel like this is going to affect his wanting to go elsewhere. Right? Like, do you really see someone coming off? Well, actually Kevin Durant yeah, I... did it. So is it, is
1: it a possibility going forward to Kawhi Leonard? were we surprised to see this news kind of come out because I think I had the same reaction that Zach had in the Slack channel that the quiet camp is relatively always quiet about things that are, that have to do with Kawhi letter, right? Whether it's free agency, whether it's uh, uh whether it's injury news or in things like that. And I think that in, in the back of Kawhi's mind, he probably knows that if he was a healthy there was probably a good chance that the Clippers would be in the NBA Finals right now, over the Phoenix Suns. Um, let's not sugarcoat that, right? At, at least, or we at, at least, got to seven games. But as we're kind of approaching free agency, we, we've talked about this at volumes with Kawhi Leonard. Is that he's wanted to be on the West Coast? He's wanted to be in LA. Is there another team that he, if he, if he signs with, that's going to kind of put him? put that team over the top, that's still in the West Coast, right? I mean, is that going to be a team like, I don't know, I'm just throwing teams out there like the Warriors, for example. I mean, the way that this the the whole free agency went down with Kawhi Leonard is that I heard that there was a lot of demands that he had from from the L.A. Clippers, and they met every one of those expectations that he's had. So I don't see him leaving L.A. I think he's going to be with the Clippers with Paul George Um, they're just a point guard and a couple pieces away. And there's a player that we're going to get to that has been in the rumors of wanting to, or the Clippers pursuing, but I just don't see Kawhi Leonard leaving the Clippers and we're still not sure what the timetable of his return is going to be and how effective he's going to be again.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I'll build up that. I think moon off the morning after that's that jazz Suns game, when uh, Kawhi kind of looked like he tweaked his knee, I think I called this that he tore his ACL. Um, and now he ends up being confirmed. So that was, I guess, one of my better medical calls, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but to me, I think it's kind of, it's definitely tough. I mean, I think Kawhi Leonard obviously walked out of that series between the Raptors and the Warriors, and he was the consensus best player in the world. And obviously they kind of, they got upset last year by the nuggets, but I think he was definitely getting back to being just at that level. Um, obviously KD, I think, laid his claim as well. But Kawhi Leonard undoubtedly one of the top two or three players in the world at the level he was playing at in that Dallas series. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, you look at the Clippers, I don't see him leaving. I mean, to me, I think I look at Kawhi's camp and yes, they do things weirdly, but they've basically gotten exactly what they wanted out of his entire career thus far. I mean, they got him to the Raptors, gets his ring. There gets to the Clippers basically takes over their organization forces them to ransom up for Paul George and like you said Munaf, um, he definitely has like personnel decisions there and I think there are other assurances that they made to him um, in that process and I, I don't see him walking away from that I think it's a little bit easier to swallow this year because they kind of showed they were a tougher team and, and every, every like there's what 10 teams out there that could say like what if this season right I mean yeah. not to take anything away from the Suns or the bucks, like you said, but you know, there are a lot of teams out there who feel like this season was theirs, if not for injuries and the Lakers Clippers and the nets, we all thought were the three best teams all had major injuries in the playoffs. So I don't think it like hurts as much. If you're the Clippers compared to last year, where it's like, you got beat by the nuggets out of nowhere um, and, and the Lakers, you know, got it done. So I think he'll be back. And I think, yeah, if you're talking about Alonzo ball, I, I like to fit a lot. Um, you know, and yep. I, I think that was reported in Shams article today. So that would definitely be a fun player team fit for sure.
0: All right. So Munaf game four, you did, you did well. I think I saw you were two and one in game three. Where are you going for, for game four, man? What's your, uh, what's the first prop that you're going to be lining up and are, I'm assuming you're going to be dropping another article um, for SGPN before game four. Yeah,
1: I, I will be dropping an article, but um, I, for some reason, I don't see props listed on my book. Um, if you have some, uh, Zach or Daniel, I'll try, to go in, and, uh, I'll try to find my one of my other books that may have the uh, props. ZB, are you going to make a guest appearance on the
0: prop
3: shop today? You know what? I got one. Hey! There we go. I'm, I'm going to go with Devin Booker over 28 points in this game. 27 and a half to the over. Look, I think this is a guy who... You know, he did not shoot it well in game three, but we've seen what he can do in game one and two in this series. I still kind of like his matchup generally in this series and get a little bit of a better price here after the off game. So I'll go with Devin Booker over 27 and a half points.
0: The first time he comes on the prop shop and he takes one of my plays. I love it. I'm tailing it. VB, Love it. I really like the bounce back opportunity for Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton said, Booker is pretty scary coming off a bad game, so I'm gonna trust the the big man, and to that I'm gonna take something about that 28 and a half number. I'm gonna take DeAndre Ayton to go over 28 and a half points and rebounds. He was on the cusp of this last game. He had 18 and nine before eventually just you know the blowout scenario, as well as being in foul trouble the entire game. This man was a monster in the first half, and I don't see much like Giannis. I don't see. Much opportunity when they're feeding him the ball, the Suns are a lot better. And I think he's going to have a nice bounce back where he's going to be very aggressive on the rebounds. We're going to see double digit rebounds and at least 15 points. So I'm going to take the over on 28 and a half DeAndre Ayton points and boards. Muna.
1: Yeah, I have one. And I, I think this is something with the game plan that Coach Bud has of, of having. Uh, Brooke Lopez off the floor and in in the last two games where they've kind of made that adjustment he's he for the at least for the series he's only been averaging 24 minutes compared to 29 minutes he had in the Eastern Conference Finals and 33 minutes in the uh, uh, in the sorry the round against the Brooklyn Nets um, so you know there's just bad matchups for Brooke Lopez in this series and I'm currently seeing his points rebounds and assists at 16 and a half I'm going to take the under on that. I think that for the reasons I just mentioned, his last two games, or at least his last game, he was uh, had 11 points, two rebounds. He did get over the number um, in game two with eight points and nine rebounds. But I, I just think that they're going to go with Giannis at the five and then kind of surround him with uh, shooters, whether it's Covington or it's, if it's Breen Forbes or a guy like that. So um, I'll take points, rebounds, and assist Brooke Lopez under the 16 and a half.
0: Mess with that. Um, my last one's gonna be kind of spicy here given the recent performance, but I'm fading Giannis 34 and a half points. Think this is a bit high for a guy that scored below 35 in 15 of his last 18 playoff games this year. It's an 83 hit rate on the under. Yeah, I just think that the uh, the Suns are finally gonna have their adjustments at, le- at least enough that he's not gonna go for 40. So. Uh, Being that his points line is that high, I'm going to take the under on that.
1: I'll give you one more that I, that I found on one of the books. And that's going to be, it's a, uh, it's kind of a player prop special, a hybrid special. It's uh, Drew Holiday and DeAndre Aiden both to score 20 or more points at plus 425. Uh, Dan, you just talked about how expecting DeAndre Aiden to have a rebound game. Uh, with him being in foul trouble in game three, I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. He's been having great success all throughout the playoffs. And I think getting to that 20 point plateau will be fairly easy for him. And then like we've talked about, Dan, you've alluded to this also, is that when Drew Holiday scores, I believe 20 or more points, the um, the Bucks are like six and one or, or something around there. So for two, those two guys, to have a good scoring night tomorrow night uh, i think at plus 425 is a is a pretty good uh, pretty good bet
0: i love it i love it um so yeah let's take it to best bets then um i'll start with you zb what is your your best bet for game
3: 4 i'm going to go with the bucks minus 4 here um I'm all in on them in this series. They stated the case earlier, but I think they get this game. I think they win this series in six. So I'm sticking with that. And obviously going with uh Devin Booker as well from the prop shop.
0: Man, you must be loving the value that you're getting on the Bucs right now, man. I love that you're riding this, this lone warrior um Bucks pick, man. No one's teaching the Bucks. Bro. I'm just doing it to oh. Ryla
3: McKee. McKee, if you're listening. <laughs> I was just gonna I'm say sorry, that. bro. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to <laughs> do this, but I have to.
0: <laughs> he will die on this hill. He's doubling down. Bucks will
3: not your best bet. But you got. McKee's,
1: uh, yeah. as soon as he hears it, he's going to be cussing at you, Zach. So uh, he's going to be saying you just stabbed him in the back. Uh, he actually I'll texted
3: try- me. He texted me at oh, like one, at like 2 a.m. the other night, just the Suns and Four guy gif. I was like <laughs> – I woke up in the middle of the night to pee. I just checked my phone. And it's just McKee, just Suns and Four.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Phoenix here tomorrow night, taking the points. Um, I think this is gonna be the one game where it's gonna be a close game. Uh, I think Bucks eventually do get the victory, but I think this might be one the one game where the spread does uh, come into a, a being a factor. So uh, I think Bucks get the victory, uh, money line there, and then Bucks plus the four. And like I said about the total, wait to see how these teams are coming out because they've the shooting has been kind of poor in the first half and we've seen the first half being uh, a game where it's the total has been going under. So, you know, you're, you may be able to find a good middle opportunity with that uh, with that over, if you do like it. And I do like the over, but I'm going to wait to get a better number on on the live opportunity. For show
0: and uh, my best bet, I'm going to go with Devin Booker over 27 and a half points, expecting a big rebound from this man Uh, coming in swagged out. I I think that he's going to play a lot better and the Suns are going to keep this one competitive. Uh, We're going to see Devin Booker definitely get off. I'm going to be surprised if he went for 30. So I love that at 27 and a half. All right. So let's get into some trade rumors here, man. Crazy things going down here. First report I think that I saw today was, you know, ZB, you alluded to it. Lonzo Ball apparently is drawing interest from the Clippers. I think that'd be an ideal destination, right? I mean, dudes from LA, we know how much LeVar Ball wanted to see him play closer to home I mean obviously he was a Laker before but I think that's actually an ideal situation for him if that's actually in the cards the reports came out that the the Pelicans are l- unlikely to match whatever offer comes to their desk so you know if the Clippers can make a move for, for Lonzo man I think that that really that really provides a need in terms of getting a, a taller more disruptive point guard um that actually has a pretty nice stroke now i mean he's got a three point shot now so i think he actually fits in their system pretty well especially not having to score as many points playing alongside someone like paul george and, and Kawhi leonard
3: yeah i mean i think it's a great fit um the one thing i will be worried about for the clippers now is if Kawhi does end up missing the first like few months of the season you kind of need another shot creator on this team because you don't want everything to be on paul george's shoulders um so, like, how nice would it be to have Lou Will if they still had Lou Will instead of Rondo? I didn't really understand that trade at the time. You know, they, yeah. they really are going to need more creation. But the Lonzo fit, I think, is phenomenal. Once those guys come back, I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard already take up most of your playmaking responsibilities. We've seen Pat Bev in this kind of off-ball point guard role in the past. Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's basically a much better version of Patrick Beverly with the ability to now really be a knockdown off-ball shooter. And then you get kind of the transition defense. So I love Lonzo's game and I like, the, I like the fit next to Kawhi and PG. So I don't know what the cap situation is, but that would be a great get if they could.
1: Yeah. And, and we, we, have heard that the Clippers are, or over the past couple of seasons, they've been looking for that point guard to kind of take away the, the ball handling duties from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, and let them, you know, play off the ball where he, where they kind of excel the best. Right. And I think Lonzo ball, I agree with Zach, is that you know he's going to be a great fit and like Dan you said his shooting stroke has improved significantly from year to year when when he first came into the league when he was with the Lakers so you know he he's really made a consistent effort to have a better jump shot uh, and another point is that that Lonzo is a guy that he has crazy court vision I mean the guy. Can lead a fast break. You know, he can find the open guy. He can also get to the basket. I think he just needs to work on finishing around the basket a little more. But I agree with Zach where he said that, you know, I think this is a very good fit at the right price for Alonso uh, to be in LA where he's from and be a, the starting point guard for this Clippers team. So it'll be interesting how that this kind of transpires. I think the other team that was rumored was the Chicago Bulls. Um, not sure if, if that's going to. Makes sense with Kobe white with they with a colored backcourt there because a guy like Zach Levine demands the ball so much. And, and you also have Kobe white there also, but I think the better fit for sure is going to be the LA Clippers for Lonzo ball.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to pull that thread a little bit because you mentioned Zach Levine and Levine, I believe his contract is actually up at the end of the season. So it he'll is. be a, yeah. he'll be a free agent. So, you know, if you're the bulls, do you let him walk? I mean, if they don't have the cap space to keep them um, because he's going to definitely be, be up, you know, for that max. Um, yeah. What do they do? Right. So maybe you trade him ahead of time. And uh, I think there were some rumors around Zach Levine and garnering some interest around the league. Um, I believe it was
1: the, I want to say I saw the warriors were one of the teams that were in the market yeah. for him. I'm not sure about the fifth there, but I mean, Levine is a bucket, man. This guy, can go out on any given night and and drop a 50 piece. So I'm not sure if when they made the trade for Vucevic was that their future was going to be building around Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. So um, again, you know, Zach Levine is going to be one of those coveted players that he'll he will generate a lot of interest from teams. uh, And uh, obviously there will be teams that will throw out that max money for a guy like Zach Levine. So um, he did. Did he play ball at uh, UCLA also? Yeah. He's, yeah, I
3: think he's from he's from L.A., I think. OK,
1: so, I mean, you know, I, again, being one of these California teams can can go out and get a guy like Zach Levine. Yeah. And um
0: it looks like they're uh, the Bulls said that they're they're in discussions right now for a contract extension. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. But I think the being that we have a resident Knicks fan here, I think you, you had to be pretty excited, ZB, for the rumors of Colin Sexton drawing some interest in New York. The thing I don't understand about that is, apparently the package is going to be Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, and one of New York's 2021 first rounders. Call me wow. crazy, but I'm not really getting too excited about Kevin Knox and Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um,
3: I saw that. I saw the. I saw the report. It was on like Hoop Central, but the guy who tweeted out initially, I don't know if you know him. He only had like three thousand followers, so I don't know if that was legit or not. <laughs> um
0: yeah it doesn't sound very legitimate that's like 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 you said I mean that would be that would
3: be a slam dunk deal for the Knicks obviously to get Colin Sexton at that price I was talking about this with a friend today I mean it's so crazy how much the game has changed since like we were kids like he averaged 24 points per game but he's like at best like the 75th best player in the NBA like according to how we like look at the game now which is just crazy to me because you know it's like, do you overthink it? Like, I think a lot of people think Colin Sexton can be inefficient, you know, needs the ball in his hands. So he's always going to be like a primary creator on a bad team. But you also know this guy can get buckets at the NBA level um, and do it at a high rate. So I, I think I would buy into it, uh, especially with Tibbs and the fact that you want to play for the Knicks, you know, a- as they were this year. Like, you're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to share the ball. You have to buy into being part of the team. We saw that really worked out for Julius Randle. That's obviously another interesting part of it. And then, so, you know, I think if at the right price, Colin Sexton, I wouldn't hate the addition. I obviously am more of like, I guess, a, uh, you know, forward-looking fan to like the next great championship team. So I would like to see this team go younger, make more future-oriented moves. Paying, locking into Colin Sexton, I mean, he's a young player, but I don't know if that helps you win a championship. So I definitely could be one who would say, let's go the other direction, maybe try to trade Julius, Um, that's kind of what I look to build around our wow, build around RJ and quickly. Um, and then you know, add more. We have two first round picks, maybe try to package those, go up, take a shot for another star. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of potential for interesting trades this year, and a lot of teams that really want shot creation. Like, I think you look at like the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, um, the Knicks, the Heat, all teams that are looking to add scoring pop going into next year. So Um, A Zach Levine or Colin Sexton could be a name that will be ripe to be moved. I think you also look at the Dame Lillard and Bradley Beal situations as well that, you know, could potentially come to a head this summer or at least linger over the kind of roster move discussion going into next season.
0: Yeah. And I just want to add to that, you know, I, I'm not really too impressed with Colin Sexton's defense. And I know that Tibbs is like a very defensive oriented minded coach. So I don't know if that's like a huge selling point, but offensively, the, the dude is gifted. Um, it seemed like Cleveland is really interested in building out that, that sex land vision, but apparently not. Well, I mean, we'll see, but. Um, let, let's talk about this sell high moment, man. It, 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 it's at, while it might, might seem like a spicy take, I don't know, man. Like as a Knicks fan, you weren't too impressed come playoff time, but I think that's also, you know, no, he, that's he a was, pro-
3: he was flat I mean, out, not good in the playoffs. I mean, he was just yeah. bad.
0: I mean, let's, let, was it a byproduct of him being tired? Like, I don't feel like Jimmy Butler ever made that excuse or any other Tibbs player, right? Or Llewell Dang back in the day or, or Derek Rose. So, you know, maybe he's just not a guy on that stage that's ready for that. But like, I don't know, man, the dude balled out. He played ridiculously. I think this is like the perfect sell high moment. Like, get whatever you can for that man with all the clout that he just got. And, you know what I'm saying? Rebuild around like a quickly an RJ Barrett. I think RJ Barrett took a huge step forward this year. You know, his points, his, his field goal percentage, he looked more comfortable. I think that they actually have something trading an asset like Julius Randle versus like Obi Toppin and, and Kevin Knox. Like those dudes, Kevin Knox's value is just trashed right now. Like the dude ain't, yeah. you're not going to be able to give him away for a second round pick at this point. Probably maybe a future second, but it ain't going to be much.
1: I'm not sold on RJ Barrett. I mean, if I was a Knicks fan, I would probably want to trade him over like, I don't know. I just don't think that he he's a guy that you can build around. I, I would rather keep Julius Randle and, and try to get another a guy that can knock down the mid range jump shot or even three point shot and create his own basket. But I just don't think RJ Barrett is that guy for the New York Knicks.
3: Yeah. I mean, I feel like team building is such a delicate balance because it's just now that we're so much into like rings culture, it's like, what's even the point of building a team that's going to probably not have the ceiling to win a title. Like it's very hard to balance that when you want to put a competitive product on the floor and you want to have a good team and be in the playoffs every year. But it's also like, you know, do you, do you lock in max contracts to Julius Randall and Colin Sexton? I mean, you're basically cutting off your pathway to a championship, even though you're taking a step in the, in the quote unquote right direction. So I think the balance there is just very difficult to reach because on the other hand, you could be the Phoenix Suns and you built a quote unquote very solid team, not a team a lot of people thought could win a championship, but Kawhi Leonard tears his ACL, LeBron James rolls an ankle, and you're all of a sudden up 2-0 in the NBA finals. Um, so there's just a it's really hard to know kind of what the right button to push is when you may not be able to get all the way to a bona fide championship contender, but you can become really good.
0: Yeah, I think having Leon Rose Rosen uh, worldwide West in the building is certainly going to help their appeal of getting those marquee players making drastic moves that need to be made. Um, I think you can't understate the, the organizational construct that the Knicks have built. It's way better than it's ever been, honestly. Um, I can't believe I'm giving props to Knicks, but they did something right for a change. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason, season, man. They got the most cap money, uh, the most cap space. So I'm expecting them to at least spend the bag, at least a little bit, uh, for somebody to help out that squad. Uh, but Julius Randle is also going to be a free agent up here, coming up here pretty soon. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what, what transpires for the Knicks, but didn't know if there's any other rumors you guys want to talk about. I mean, I, I saw that the Warriors are interested in Damian Lillard. I mean, who isn't interested in Damian Lillard at this point? But the, that.
1: yeah, the Warriors have the number seven and number number fourteen pick along with a Wiseman, so I, I think they can, you know, get a a a, a star or all star player in return for that type of package. Maybe you have to add another guy uh, into that package, but I, I think they're in a a, a prime position. To definitely make a move, um, I'm not sure if Damian Lillard is that answer, um, but it's it, it, they they have the trade assets and the draft capital to make a major move. So, Warriors are definitely one of those teams that, you know, we are not really talking about because of the injury with Clay Thompson and, and them not being in the playoffs. But uh, I think this is going to be a team that's going to be competing in that Western Conference next year, maybe back up in that one or two, uh, that one or two seed uh, going into next season.
3: Yeah, it would be crazy if they went all in for Lillard. I think if I were them, I would go the other direction. You have, like you said, Munaf, you have Wiggins, you have seven, you have 14. I would try to – I mean, you have Wiseman, seven, 14. Yeah. I would try to spread those out and Wiggins. try to get, like, three starter caliber players to, like, build out the depth of this team, right? Because yeah. you don't really have many pieces right now. Um, you have Steph, you have Draymond. You don't really know if, what you have out of Clay. Um, I guess Jordan Poole is now a fixture in rotation, but yeah, I would like like go out and get three solid guys who you know can play for you in the playoffs instead of maybe trying to get one, like a Dame. I don't really know if that would work. Obviously you'd need to throw in a ton of future assets into that deal as well, let alone Wiseman 7 and 14. So that would probably not be the direction I would go, but they definitely need some more, wings that can shoot and are very solid like you know they need a jay crowder type they need like two two or three of those types
0: yeah i feel like there would be spenders in that mid mid-level ex- exception type market right yeah, like, yeah, i think jay, yeah. jay crowder has been one of the best values for the last like what three four years around the yeah. league um those are the types of dudes that are gonna, are gonna help out those contending teams um is there any other rumors you guys want to uh, bring up surface
1: No I I think there was some draft you know stuff that was popping up about teams trying to trade up for that number one pick but I I think that we can get to that as we get closer to the uh, NBA draft and maybe once the finals are over we'll start seeing some more traction on you know offseason rumors and trades and things like that because um, uh, we always feel like that there's not much going on because the free agency class isn't as big as it's as we've seen in the past but with the amount of trades that are that happen throughout the NBA season or even in the offseason and even during draft night, uh, we might have a lot to talk about. So uh definitely uh slowly but surely we're getting some booge and, and shumps news throughout the day. So I, I think that's just gonna ramp up as we kind of wind down the NBA finals here.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us for this long haul episode, man. We gave the most in-depth analysis for game four that you're you're gonna find out there. Make sure to hit the Slack channel if you're not a member already hit one of us up munaf working this working the fans find you
1: yeah find me in the slack channel uh join us at uh sp.gn slash slack if not then uh follow me on twitter at sportsnerd 824 uh you can also find me on our sports website dropping uh my player props uh article tomorrow for game four along with some mlb stuff so uh, i kind of all over the place for sgpn so uh uh, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, get involved with SGPN if you haven't already. And Dr.
0: Broner, where, do, where, do, where can they find you?
3: Yeah. So if you want to join the, uh, sports podcast, gambling network, Slack, go to the link that Munaf said, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm used to reading off the ads, S G dot P N slash Slack. Uh, and, um, you, you said S P dot G N. Oh, did S G SG.pn. i N. I'm sorry.
2: Um,
3: I'm kind of distracted. You're watching the whole that's, that's, circuit. That's why,
0: that's why it's <laughs> great to have two hosts on the call, man. Cause we, we did if one person fucks up. We got you.
3: <laughs> yeah. SG.PN slash slack. Definitely get in there. The people said they might want an Olympics podcast ha- handicapping that. So we definitely can get that. Uh, we can do some research into that. I obviously a big fan of the international game. So I will definitely be ready with some of these international teams. Um, I don't know if Munaf was chirping me today because Campazzo was on Argentina. Is that why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you caught on to that, didn't you? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I was kind of wondering. But yeah, Campazzo looked good today. Also, this kid, uh, Luca Vildozo, who's going to be on the Knicks next year. He also looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NBA B. And fun episode, uh, getting on with you guys tonight.
0: Good show. All right, you can find me at, at Dan Titus. Going to be pushing more fantasy football and NBA content to you. Make sure to check it out until that point in time let it ride (laughs) basketball (laughs) give (laughs) me give me give me the ball because i'm